Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to another March to Match Day here at 92.9 The Game as Atlanta United on the road on Saturday night to face the Chicago Fire. I'm Jason Longshore. Thanks for hanging out with me for another edition of the show. And we'll get you ready for everything Atlanta and Chicago on Saturday night from Soldier Field. You can listen to the match on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Starting at 8 o'clock with the Five Stripes Countdown, kickoff will be at 8.39 Eastern Time, and we'll have an abbreviated full-time report following the final whistle. Atlanta United comes into this one after a 4-0 win at home on Wednesday night against Colorado. Chicago comes into this one after a 2-1 loss on the road in Charlotte. Let's hear from both managers to get a sense of how they're feeling coming into this one. Let's start with Frank Klopas. Frank Klopas is now in charge of the Chicago Fire. Last time Atlanta faced Chicago, it was Ezra Hendrickson who was running things for the Chicago Fire. And in in my opinion, a surprising move, the Fire moved on from Hendrickson not long after that match against Atlanta United, where Chicago was very difficult to play against. Their midfield pressing, trapping was was really impressive. They, they pressed high occasionally, just enough to throw Atlanta off, but I thought where they were most impressive was in the middle third, making it really difficult to play through. They blocked a lot of the passing lanes. And Atlanta struggled in that one. They did get the three points with the late own goal, but that was after conceding a late equalizer. Atlanta United has to be better against Chicago tonight. Let's go back to Frank Klopas, though. He took over and immediately defeated St. Louis City SC in an Open Cup match, turned around and beat them again. So beat them twice in the Chicago area, two different venues, first time at Bridgeview and then last Saturday at Soldier Field. Followed that up with what had been a trend for the fire, blowing leads. They had a 1-0 lead on the road in Charlotte and ended up giving up two goals in the second half to Brandon Cambridge, his first two MLS goals, and that was the difference. Here's Frank Klopas talking about that match on Wednesday and what's next for his fire. Look, I think that they were trying to pull us uh, apart with their movement. Um, and, uh, and then for the most part, I think we, 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 handled, that, uh, we handled it well. Uh, 
Uh, it's just a couple actions. Those two actions in the end where, you know, we let crosses come in. I think we, we overslide uh, in the box uh, and then we get caught pretty similar go uh, goals. Uh, I think both of them, both situations. Um, so, but you're right. I felt like, you know, the first half, I felt that there were really good moments that we had. Uh, maybe not as sharp uh, at certain moments with our passing ability. I think there were quite a few passes that I think that we would have made and connected, but I think that, you know, the turf and, and uh, being wet, I think at moments, you know, the weight of the passes, I think the, the adjustment took a little bit longer and uh, we weren't as sharp, but uh, we adjusted a couple of things uh, at halftime defensively uh, to try to stay more compact and not get pulled out with their movement uh, because they had a lot of rotations. They wanted to pull you out, but still really uh, be very direct and, and, and go in the middle. Um, and then in the end, it's just two plays that I think we need to, to look and address and, uh, and learn from so they don't uh, happen again. Brian, and the, the, the thing is, like I told the guys, we have to, it hurts. You know, obviously, uh, but we have to start preparing now for the game Saturday from from now, and then we have an opportunity pretty quickly to uh, uh, to get back uh, at home and, and get the three points. That's Frank Klopas talking about what happened in Charlotte. There was a follow-up question about the trend, and it's not just a 2023 trend. This happened last season for the fire as well, about giving up late goals and losing results late. Here's Klopas on the mentality of his team. No, I think the, the mentality, the mentality is, yeah, the mentality is just, it's just, look, I think it's just things that, you know, if you bring it up all the time, I think maybe it's in the player's mind and stuff like that, or things occur. I think the most important thing is like, you get doubt out of your mind. It's like when you do stuff in training and you're well prepared, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's the thing. I think obviously, you know, uh, the guys get fatigued. You, 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 you rely on the team, you bring certain guys in, but you can just see that, you know, at certain moments, uh, some guys need more games under the legs to maybe to, to maintain that, that, that sharpness. But, you know, overall, I don't think that there's a, the, a, a mental block within the players. Cause I think the most important thing is that we go through uh, situations in, in, in training where they, they're able to get confidence, but then, you know, the ability in the game when things are going fast, things are moving, that's where the moments they have to stick together. We d definitely have a lot of leaders out there that they can communicate because it's not so easy always uh, from the bench to get uh, to address certain things. You know, I think that's why the preparation is the key uh, uh, at training. Uh, once they do that, I think that's what gives the players confidence. Let's move it back over to the Atlanta United side. And news broke after the win over Colorado, where Luis Araujo had a great match and scored that second goal that was so vital for Atlanta United's confidence in seeing that game out. News came out the next day that Luis Araujo will be headed to Flamengo in Brazil when the July transfer window opens in Brazil. The the windows are not quite aligned with Major League Soccer and Brazil in terms of opening and closing, but he will stay with Atlanta through the match at New York Red Bulls late in June. And I asked Gonzalo Pineda at media availability on Friday, just what were 
or what have been all of the contributions that he's seen from Luis Arrujo and his expectations for the rest of his time in Atlanta? Well, I think, number one, he's been very resilient, almost no injuries. I remember last year, the one against Kansas, and after that, nothing. He's been very endurable, always training hard, always putting the effort in, always willing to defend, press, chase, all that. I think he's been very solid on that. Of course, he have had better moments where he can show, like the last few games, I think he's been very good. Uh, and the commitment and the expectation is he's 100% with us until he's not. He he told me that, uh, and I have to believe him, he's going to be completely focused on us until he has to move and that's the professionalism that we have seen from him since he arrived so we don't expect any different from that more with gonzalo pineda i asked him about one of the players who stepped into the lineup on wednesday night ronald hernandez with caleb wiley away with the us u20s they start their u20 world cup journey on saturday against ecuador in the afternoon no Andrew Gutman on Wednesday either due to the red card against Charlotte. Ronald Hernandez stepped in at left back and led the team in possessions. One also so strong defensively. Uh, felt like he won almost every individual duel. Here's Gonzalo Pineda on Ronald Hernandez's performance. I think he did great. He did great. He, he uh, I told you this post-match, he's one of those that always trains hard, trains hard, trains hard, is always ready, ready, ready. Um, and whenever we need him, we know what we can get from him. It was a very good performance. Uh, and that adds even more competition in certain positions. So I'm happy with those problems to have, and, and we'll deal with that later on. One more from Gonzalo Pineda. I asked him about the defensive midfield position and how important it is in build-up play for Atlanta United, specifically when it revolves around the, the third man, finding the free man to connect passes. And that can vary depending on what part of the field we're talking about. But Gonzalo talked specifically about Santiago Sosa in the role as the six, and the same carries over for Franco Ibarra as well. When you see teams play in the manner really non-high press, so if we're going to get away from your Red Bulls, your Philadelphia, your Cincinnati and St. Louis kind of teams, and some teams will, will deploy a high press for periods of time. But when you get away from that, the six is so vital in most of the rest of the games in this kind of a way because you have to find them as that outlet. The six is a, a vital piece of any possession-based team, any positional play team. And here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about his defensive midfield, the number six position. Yes, it is very important. Actually, uh, we didn't use double pivots in this game. We used more Santi solo. Um, the last game, I think it was also Santi against Chicago, and then Ivara entered in the last minutes of the game. Uh, but for us, certain behaviors from the six are very important in the build-up. Uh, you know, especially against a 4-4-2, if you don't want to rotate and create a back line of three or drop the six, the six has to live in that pocket of a space where it's on beneath the two nines, 
or nine and ten, and then in front of the center mids. So he's surrounded by almost six players: the two wingers, the two nines, and the two center mids. And he has to live in that space and be the connector in that position. So. He has to have eyes on the back of the head and see everything and receive on the turn. And when he's under pressure, Thurman pass or pass back with an open up and a different passing lane. When he's able to receive and turn, he has to be brave at playing through the middle, through the gaps. And, and after that, be solid in the active defending, be kind of the sweeper in front of the back line. So there are a couple of behaviors that, that we need from our six position that are pivotal for our build-up, for our active defending, for our distribution once we are in higher positions. He has to be still the sweeper so he can be the connector from left to right, but also being aware of the transition moments. So it's, it's a lot of important things. I always think that the six is the balance of the team offensively and defensively, and, and, and we demand that from our number sixes. Great insight there from Gonzalo Pineda about the importance of that position. And we've seen both Santiago Sosa and Franco Ibarra play there for Atlanta United in 2023. And they have different approaches and they bring different qualities to the table. And that rotation has been really helpful in keeping both guys fresh. But also at some point in the year, I, I think you will start to see a a solid 11 form for Atlanta United it's not there yet and honestly it's not going to be there for a little bit because you know Luis Adarujo is leaving that starting 11 and you know that Brad Kazan is getting healthy you know that Osvaldo Alonso is getting healthy and I think he's going to have an opportunity to push for minutes maybe at the six maybe at the eight it's still early in 2023. I think we've seen some really good things from Atlanta United this season. We've seen some things that have been a, a little troubling at times. And I think the mentality that was talked about with Chicago earlier, it's a different situation in that Atlanta United has controlled games but not gotten the reward and then get the punishment for not getting that goal to open the scoring and how they've handled that. Chicago, it's been more of a mentality question about late in games and closing it out and seeing it out. Mentality is a huge part of this game. And I think what you see with chemistry building, that affects it. What you see with leadership, that affects it. What you see with leadership from the sideline and what you see with, I think, what the sideline transmits to the players because look you're not calling plays but when you see a technical area that is frantic that can give a bad message at times to the players when you see a technical area that is calm that is collected that can give a good feeling of support to the players these are all elements of it that's what's so fascinating about this sport, and it's why I think you always have to constantly be learning if you're involved in it, because there's not one thing that leads to a win or a loss, or a draw in some cases. There, there's not one element that affects a result. There's usually five or six at least that are obvious, and then a few more that are maybe under the surface. So it's always an interesting thing to talk mentality, to talk about, you know, the, the tactics and then to get into kind of a game model conversation with Gonzalo. Like he, he dropped on, on the, the sixth position and what that is important in Atlanta United's play. It's there's so many elements and, and we try to 
to bring you as many different elements as we can to give you a, a more well-rounded appreciation in my opinion for what you're seeing on the pitch and, and how difficult it is at this level so let's get into this match tonight atlanta and chicago the fire will be missing gaston jimenez due to yellow card accumulation they will also be missing a couple of key players uh, especially going back to that match against Atlanta earlier in the year. Chris Mueller and Carlos Teheran, they are both out injured, at least as of the last injury update on May 11th for Chicago, and that was post the Charlotte game. Johnny Dean is also out with a left adductor issue. Dean came off the bench in that game. Dean is one of the players that uh, I've really been happy to see make the jump to MLS. This is a player who was great for Birmingham Legion, in USL Championship, the Macon, Georgia native. So, of course, we're rooting for him. Dean's speed can be an issue, but he won't be in this one, barring a late change to the injury list for Chicago. So when you look at the fire and how they could handle things against Atlanta, the biggest question I come to is up top. And Kai Kamara was rested in the last match against Charlotte, didn't make the trip. Casper Shabilko started. Shabilko has been scoring goals for the Fire as of late. I don't expect to see both of them up top. I think they're too too similar, and I don't know if you can play the two of them up top. But which one gets the start on Saturday night? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Shabilko again. But then when you're dealing with Wednesday, Saturday turnaround and Kamara rested. Kai Kamara is the one who you would probably point to, but Shabilko's been in a really nice run of form. So I don't think that's an easy decision for Frank Klopas. The midfield three behind the striker, probably going to be consistent with Marin Haile Selassie and Brian Gutierrez on the flanks and Jordan Shakiri as the 10. Shakiri is a player who is not as mobile as he used to be, but he still has that killer pass in him. And he's at that point in his career where he can be very dangerous in the fact that he can kind of disappear in a game for a while. Usually that's a bad thing, but when you have the ability of Shakiri to hit that one pass that can win a game, that can completely change a result, if he disappears, Atlanta can't forget about him. And whether that is the six making sure that they're locked into where he is, or if he drops deeper, the eight having to pick him up, you have to know where Zerdan Shakiri is at all times. And I don't think he's going to blow past you, but if you give him any space, he can pick out that pass. And go back to the game against Charlotte, Ashley Westwood, somebody that I talked about coming into that game. You didn't want to give him an opportunity on the ball. Colorado, Connor Ronan. Atlanta can't lose that danger man. And for me, with Chicago, it is Jordan Shakiri. Brian Gutierrez, great young playmaker, somebody who worries me. Haile Selassie can get in behind. These are two good wingers. Gutierrez will like to come inside a good bit. But Shakiri is the one who can ruin your day. You have to make sure you know where he is at all times. With no Jimenez, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fabian Herbers come back into the midfield. He started in that eight role, eight slash six uh, against Atlanta last time out. Uh, did not start against Charlotte. It was Jimenez and Federico Navarro. I believe it will be Navarro and Herbers in this one. 
back line, the, the question is without Tehran, you would assume it will be Shihos uh, and Pineda at center back. I think that's a pretty safe assumption, although Shihos was not 100% going into the St. Louis game last Saturday and then played against Charlotte as well. He came off the bench against St. Louis and got the winning goal. But Shihos is the leader of this back line, no doubt about it. And can he manage how he's feeling playing on short rest against Atlanta United in this one? Because I think if he is not in there, then there's a massive drop-off for the fire defensively. Uh, Miguel Navarro and Arno Suke will be the fullbacks. Chris Brady in goal. Good young goalkeeper. Great shot stopper. Atlanta United won't have it easy even against the depleted Chicago Fire side. I think in this one for Atlanta, you really have to push the pace. And I, I think on the road, we've seen Atlanta United play the same style consistently. The game model's not going to change. How they approach Chicago, obviously you're going to look for things out of that last game. You're going to look for weak spots. I think the weak spots are probably going to be centrally without Jimenez. Herbers is not as strong defensively, but you've got to figure out how to play through at times, maybe play over at times, maybe play around at times that midfield because that's what Chicago did so well. Now, look, here's the thing about it, though, and this has to be understood. Chicago in the game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they would have been ecstatic with a point. Your mentality is different on the road for teams like Chicago, where I don't think they came into Atlanta trying to have the ball, making sure that they attack and entertain. They didn't care. So it was here's your mission today be difficult to play through especially in the midfield do these things to prevent atlanta from attacking effectively and they did and they put in the work and it was an incredible defensive performance by the fire in that game but chicago at home is a different conversation there is a little bit of an expectation to entertain there is an expectation to get forward there is an expectation to go win the game can Chicago open up enough to try to achieve those things while being as solid defensively as they were? I don't think they can. And they've got to make a decision. And it's not an easy one when you're at home and you feel like you have to sacrifice attack to defend and to be more secure when you're in the position that Chicago's in. And Chicago's a team who has to figure this out in the long term in terms of who they want to be and they haven't been a top team in this league for a long time they should be and they haven't been does that just wait till next year or do they try to ride a little bit of momentum especially at home where they have not lost now five of those have been draws or do they try to replicate what they did at Mercedes-Benz, knowing that it's going to be very difficult to get the win in that sort of stance, in that sort of defensive posture, but they might not lose? Is that enough at home for the Chicago Fire at this point? I don't really know, and that's going to be down to Frank Klopas, and that's going to be down to management, and that's going to be down to these players, because at home you have that natural inclination to get forward. And if, it, if Atlanta can take advantage of Chicago, 
stretching out a little bit and going for the game, I think Atlanta United will find space to operate in and be effective. If that space is not there, I think Atlanta's going to have to try a few different things against Chicago that they, they didn't necessarily do at the Benz. Part of that was, in my opinion, down to Yorgos Yakamaki's not being 100%. He is not 100% yet, but we saw him come off the bench on Wednesday, and he looked very good, and he was very mobile. So I think it's more of a fitness issue at this point. How much can he give? So does he start? Does he come off the bench? We'll find out tonight when the lineups come out. But when he is in, and when he's not, if it's Miguel Barry again, I thought Barry did a good job of this against Colorado, got to stretch that field. And even though you're going to make some of those runs that don't receive the pass, it will open up space. And play a couple of those long balls that, that just keep you honest. Um, the wingers can get in behind as well. I think Derek Etienne can stretch the field, and he did a good job of that on Wednesday against Colorado. That, to me, is the biggest addition, and it's not sacrificing possession for it. It's just looking for that when it's on. The runs have to be there to make that happen as well, and I don't think there was enough of that against Chicago the first time out. We will see. These games, when you start to get on short rest, can get very interesting because it's hard to make big tactical adjustments when you don't have the training time to do it. These teams have not. Both of these teams traveled after their games on Wednesday. Chicago traveled immediately back home after the loss in Charlotte. Atlanta traveled to Chicago on Friday. We'll see how this goes, but you can listen on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app starting at 8 o'clock, 8.39 kick, and full-time report will follow afterwards. You can't do it inside the app on Apple TV to listen to our audio with the game, but you can always sync it up old school style using the Odyssey app. Hopefully you will join us for the match, and hopefully we see three points for Atlanta United. We'll be back with another March to Match Day ahead of a trip to Central Florida to face our old friends Orlando City next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.